Welcome to the CXM Experience. As always, I'm Grad Khan, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. And uh, we've got kind of a serious show today. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with something a little lighter just to kind of get the ball rolling. And then I wanna I wanna talk about cults and, and politics. And I don't normally talk about politics on this show. In fact, I'm pretty sure I haven't ever talked about politics, and you can I don't think you even know what my politics are, and you won't even really know at the end of this show what they are either, but uh, uh, you might have to guess, and you probably guess wrong. Uh, anyway, so uh, let me start with something else. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, our sort of patron saint here. Uh, so uh, there's a really great article today in um, Boing Boing. So I don't know if you read Boing Boing, but Boing, you know, B-O-I-N-G, boingboing.net is the most linked to blog on the web, which is pretty cool. There are 500 million blogs, and this is the most linked to blog on the web. I have been reading Boing Boing multiple times a day, every day since 2000, 1999, maybe 1999, maybe. Yeah, like more than 20 years. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and it was uh, co-founded um, by someone who I know and love very dearly, Corey Doctorow, who was my co-founder on a company called OpenCola, which was a, a dot-com back in the day that did open source search software using peer-to-peer networking. Very, very, very cool company. Uh, and, uh, and many of the things that we were doing back then have all kind of come true, just, you know, um, just not for us. <laughs> anyway, there was a Boing Boing article, and uh, it was, I just, I just saw it yesterday, and it was uh, how Jimi Hendrix derailed actually it's today it was posted this morning at four o'clock in the morning how Jimi hendrix derailed the lulu show and was banned from the bbc and there's this uh, great story about uh jimmy hendrix and the Jimi hendrix experience that's right that's what his band is called the Jimi hendrix experience and if you didn't know that if you're going oh that's why it's called the cxm experience i'm going to say shame on you but thank you for coming to the party uh anyway so it's january 4th 1969 the Jimi Hendrix experience is peering on the live Lulu show in Britain. And back then, live was live. Like, there was no delays. It was just live. So they, they had to kind of coordinate everything, coordinate everything. They couldn't, you know, record it and stuff. And so um, they were supposed to play out the program with Hey Joe. Uh, but then Jimmy apparently had other ideas. So they um, basically... Uh, he got kind of high in the dressing room, and then he heard that Cream had just broken up. Of course, Cream, one of the great bands of all time. And so he decided to do a cover of Sunshine of Your Love, uh, which is, you know, a Cream song uh, to kind of close out the show. But he also played over the show, played over the show's credits, played over the show's titles, <laughs> played over the show's closing music, and uh, was then banned from the BBC forever. But uh, they actually have, if you go to boingboing.net and look this up, there is actually a Vimeo link, and they've got... Uh, both his opening song, which uh, was Voodoo Child, and then their outgoing performance of a brief few bars of Hey Joe and then and then Sunshine. So uh, so if you're kind of into classic rock and you sort of enjoy Jimi Hendrix, I think this is a very enjoyable post that kind of uh, brings back a little bit of music history, which is always really, really fun to do. But we are now going to talk about a different kind of experience and a different kind of mayhem, which is uh, I'm going to talk about QAnon today. I'm like super duper fascinated uh, by this group and mostly from the standpoint of 
um, the mindset and the experience of it. And I, I particularly want to talk about it today because you may not know this, but many people do because it has been on the homepage of CNN for at least at least a couple of weeks and potentially longer. So um, the way that we work at the CXM Experience is uh, I work very closely with my uh, producer and uh, erstwhile colleague and, and friend, Randy Choco. And uh, Randy and I uh, do the show together, typically in one take, unless I'm in really rough shape. There was one show last week where I think I did four takes. And at some point I just said, Randy, please edit this together. And he did a great job. Um, but typically I'll just do one pass straight through, kind of like I'm doing today. And then Randy will then softly edit it, uh, clean up anything that might be weird, uh, throw on the front and, and song and titles, uh, package it up, do the scripting and transcripts, and then start to distribute it on the platforms the next morning. So it's kind of recorded one day out the next. Uh, and then we do that um, five days a week uh, during the weekdays. So um, my, my Monday show appears on Tuesday. My Friday show appears on Monday. So that's kind of how it's going to go. Uh, we are actually changing the recordings we do on Fridays. And so we'll have a new type of Monday show starting in about two weeks, which you're going to love. Uh, it's going to be a really neat way to start your week. And it'll be my first regular guest slot. So I'm going to have somebody who will be a regular guest pretty much every single Monday, you know, to, um, to infinity or, or beyond. So let's, so tomorrow, uh, is March the 3rd. Okay. Uh, so I'm recording the show right now on March the 2nd, uh, tomorrow's March the 3rd. So you're listening to this show right now. If you're listening to it live on March the 3rd. So tomorrow, March 4th, Okay, you still with me? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. So tomorrow, March 4th, is the day that QAnon followers believe that Donald J. Trump will be re-inaugurated as president of the United States. Um, so I will do another show, which I'll record on March 4th, 4th and I'll post on March 5th, kind of going over what did or didn't happen on March 4th, which would be quite interesting. So... They genuinely believe that Donald Trump will be re-inaugurated on March 4th, just randomly, just somehow he's going to get re-inaugurated. And it's, it's interesting. This is a very much the kind of thinking that you see in doomsday cults, right? Which are, which have been around for a long time, been particularly prominent the last, uh, they're very prominent around uh, uh, the ends of millenniums. Right, so at the end of a millennium, you'll see uh, you'll see the, the cults really emerge. Sorry, I just had to. Uh, I said to my dog was starting to sleep bark, so I just had to give her a little give her a little cuddle. She's okay now. Um, so you'll see them around the end of millennium. So it was, it was crazy when when the year one thousand came around because that was supposed to be the return of Christ, and it was like they was like the cults were out of control back then. Uh, in one way, you can only imagine the Middle Ages would have been. Uh, but of course, 2000 was nothing to, nothing to sort of laugh about either. And so, um, so there's been a lot of this over the years. And what the way a doomsday cult typically works, uh, and Corey actually writes about this quite a bit in Boing Boing, is a doomsday cult will um, set a date for the end of the world or some particularly egregious event. And they will build a group of followers who plan and prepare for that day, uh, typically cash out their own personal wealth 
and put all that into the you know the account of the cult and then they um and sometimes you know they actually go as far as actually killing themselves on that day which has happened a few times um but most of the time what happens is they're they say that this is the end of the world it's going to be done uh, um you know 20 what was the one with the mayan calendar uh do you remember that they actually did a movie on it, it was 2011 i think because uh, the Mayan calendar ended then. And so it's like, well, I guess that the Mayan calendar, which is the stone calendar made by um, people who didn't have wheels and who were like tore hearts out of people for sacrifice. If they didn't have a calendar that went past 2011, that must be the end of time, right? Of course. Um, and, you know, we're still here. And so these doomsday cults are very popular and they work very well because they set a very specific goal. And, and people do love shooting for goals. And so I'm going to relate this all, by the way, to customer experience in like 10 seconds. So just kind of stay buckled up and keep your seatbelts on. Um, and QAnon has done a very interesting thing, which is, I, I don't think I've seen this before, which is a, they've used the doomsday cult outcome-based targeting so that, you know, people can feel like um, there's something to shoot for. And, and the, the trick, I think, is to make it like, I think they made a little bit of a mistake here. Uh, the usually like a really good doomsday cult sets the date in a way where it's like in the future, like a ways away, but not so far away that you can't imagine like getting there. Right. So I think if I was queuing on March 4th, this, like, it's too quick, like it's too fast, right? There's not enough time. It would have been so much better if they'd done it like coincident with the midterm elections or like, like, you know, kind of two years from now by like, something like that. Right. But I guess this sort of, you know, it's hard with these sort of randomly organized groups to do this kind of stuff. So anyway, so they've set a very specific date. A lot of people are very excited about it. And apparently all sorts of people are going to uh, D.C. Airbnb is doing an amazing job, actually, of spotting people who are sort of part of this movement and making sure that they're not uh, going to be, you know, trashing people's houses and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, great FBI work going on, a lot of great CIA work going on and a lot of great Homeland Security work going on. And, and thank you to all the people that are involved in those efforts. Of course, you know, I can I tell you right now, my show is going to be on March 4th, which is nothing's going to happen. And Biden will remain president as, you know, he's rightfully inaugurated and Trump will remain at Mar-a-Lago and he'll be sipping Mai Tais. And I guess he doesn't drink. Uh, he'll be, um, he'll be, he'll be uh, playing golf, I guess. Uh, and so... But a lot of people are going to be really excited about this and they're going to be really disappointed. And so what's interesting in these doomsday cults is that when the date comes and then passes without anything happening, there's always like, a, well, we made a miscalculation, right? So when we were reading it, like we, we did this very complicated calculation, but we left off a zero or we did this wrong or we didn't notice this or like there's always a good explanation for it. And so they'll Look for a good explanation from QAnon why March 4th didn't turn out to be the March 4th that they were predicting. And it's a pretty good ongoing fundraising tool to have these kind of constant dates. So, so why, why am I talking about this with customer experience management? So the moral of the story is all this stuff's about human behavior, right? And QAnon and all these other movements, they're all just parts of humanity and and you know, there's always going to be people attracted to these things. It's just as crazy or not crazy as they are, there's always going to be people attracted to these things. And what are they tapping into, right? They're typing, tapping into 
a psychological need for closure and a psychological need to be part of something big and a psychological satisfaction of an achievable goal that's in the short term. And so as you think about your customer experience flow, I see too many CX flows not really clearly laying out how long it's going to take, like what's the date, right? Uh, I don't even know where I am in the process. I'm sort of lost. Um, I also see a lot that don't do a very good job of making me feel like I'm part of something bigger. You know, even if I'm just buying a glass bowl, maybe that glass came from somewhere special. Uh, maybe that company does a really cool thing with recycling. Like, make me feel like I'm part of something bigger. Make it make me feel important. People want to feel important. People want to feel that they didn't waste their time here, that they were significant, that they made a difference, that their presence on the planet was noticed, that they were part of something big, right? You can do that with any product. You could do that with toilet cleaner, okay? So don't, don't say, well, I'm only selling toilet cleaner. No, your toilet cleaner can be a big deal for people. Your toilet cleaner can be saving lives. It can be changing forests. It can be, there's all sorts of stuff that it can be doing. Leverage that, tie into that. Uh, and, I, and I do think that, you know, having fun with CX and having fun with experience and thinking about how people want to be important, they want to be part of something, they like sort of achievable goals that are ahead of them, you know, borrow the lessons from doomsday cults, borrow the lessons from QAnon in terms of how to architect human behavior, and you'll find that your own human behavior will, um, will be better as well. I'll end with a really quick story, which uh, I was passed. I can't actually find it for some reason. Someone gave it to me in one of the billion channels that I look at every day. But it was a really great story. It was an interview with somebody who was uh, relating the story of how she recently bought a car. And she, uh, she called it her pandemic Porsche. So some people were buying, you know, pandemic, you know, picnic sets and, you know, whatever. She bought a pandemic Porsche. And, and she had there were two Porsche dealers in her city think she was in Chicago. And so she called the first one and they're like, you got to come in and you got to test drive it. And she's like, eh, I don't really want to come in and test drive it. There's like this pandemic going on. <laughs> it's just like, I, I really want to just get this car and I want it just sent to me. And they're like, sorry, we only sell it by, you know, you coming in and you physically being here and test driving it. She's like, okay, I think I'm going to pass on that. And then she called the other Porsche dealer and said, Hey, thinking about this car. And they're like, no problem on it. What are you looking for? And then the person actually set up a Zoom meeting with her and they together assembled her dream Porsche, uh, which was a white, I think it's a 911, it was a white 911 with a tan interior, which is, a, is an unusual combination. Kind of cool actually, but I, I never, I'm not sure I've seen that. Usually it's black interiors and white cars. You know? Anyway, so she, um, she and, then, and, then, and then she sort of forgot about it because it was kind of a pandemic Porsche. She didn't really need it. Uh, and then this person hit her on LinkedIn. Uh, the salesperson and said, Hey, you know, this is, you know, kind of cool. How are you doing? You want any more work, any more information? Here's the latest pricing kind of thing. She's like, Oh, cool. And then she sort of forgot about it again. And then this salesperson hit her again on WhatsApp. And, and what the person showed her was this white 911 with a tan interior rolling off a truck uh, and with a big bow around it, right? And saying, your car's arrived. Like, the, your perfect car's arrived. It's here. It's waiting for you. And, and she was, as she was relating the story, she was like, it was so interesting because the first place was like, 
never going to get her business. The second place wasn't sure that it was going to get her business, but the persistence and the multi-channel, omni-channel reach out uh, had very, very powerful impact. And uh, she then went to the dealership and she took the car and she's very happy with it. So uh, as you think about customer experience, you have to think about customers today living on multiple channels, um, wanting to dream, wanting to have fun, wanting to be part of something cool um, and wanting to um, see Donald Trump um, re-inaugurated on March the 4th. <laughs> All right. So you never know. You know, I've been wrong before and uh, not usually about things like this, but there's always the possibility that I will be uh, shamefacedly uh, saying, well, how about that? <laughs> Donald's back uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but for today, uh, we still live in the real universe and I'm Grad Khan for the CXM Experience and I'll see you next time.